due to my forgetting to turn on the recorder, please listen to our KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Dot podcast already in progress. 300 yards in that game, getting it done. So fascinating for everybody to see and watch that. On the defensive side, you have Darius Lenard out of South Carolina State. South Carolina State has always been known for defensive players where it looks like they've reached into their old bag of tricks. I don't know what it is in South Carolina in the water, but uh, at South Carolina State, they definitely find a way to get defensive players. This guy is a linebacker, redshirt junior, so he has a chance to terrorize people for a couple of years. That kind of tells you what's going on in the MEAC, and that's my report in terms of HBCU sports, what is going on there. Um. Now, before we get too far along and all, I want to give you preseason poll was pretty much unanimous. Uh, U of H winning the West Division. Uh, and uh, also, U of H pretty much winning the, uh, winning the conference itself and getting the, the – the only question now that came up was who will qualify this year uh, to go to the breakout game. And I, it was – Banded about. I, I remember last, the other yeah. week I missed. So where is that? Uh, it, it is now scheduled for spoiler. If you would, the, the, if the team gets coming out of the. You, you're going to Dallas to the Cotton Bowl. Wow. Uh, I wasn't kind of happy about that because my hopes were set up to go to Phoenix for the Fiesta Bowl, <laughs> and that's a trip. That's a nice little trip. Going to Dallas. Yeah. We just getting up in the morning and says, okay. Yeah, that's around the corner for a lot <laughs> that's of around the corner. Texas. Yes. You know, it, it, it'll be nice. But, uh, and I hadn't been to a Cotton Bowl game in oh, a while. Wow. Have you been since it's in the new stadium? Uh, no, I hadn't because I was scheduled, uh, uh, other games were scheduled at the time. And when they had the uh, a national championship game. Although you've obviously covered stuff in oh, the yeah. stadium. Oh, yeah, yeah, for the wrong reason. Some, <laughs> some, some parts. Yeah, of, we won't go but, there. But, uh, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. The one thing I will say, uh, food is not that great. You know, it's, it's not buffet, buffet. Uh, hot dogs, hamburgers, uh, <laughs> chips, uh, popcorn, you know, it's that kind of thing. But the press box is very uh, large and a lot uh, real roomy. Wi-Fi is great. You don't have issues. And all. You, got, you don't That's have good. issues with elbow, elbow room. You know, you got space, you can spread out. But it's interesting how Coach, Coach Harmon has gotten into, gotten his guys have gotten into the mode and his staff and himself of last year was last year. Today, well, I take that back, tomorrow morning, when they step out on the field, That'll be this team this year, moving forward. That's where they are. The one, th- two things that that uh, strikingly that, that will stand out. One, hopefully, uh, the guys that got the, the young red shirts and all that uh, kids, the offensive linemen, they got work last year. They are now sophomores. They've got a year under their belt. They've been some places. They've done some games in some some situations in a. Yeah, three out of the four, no, four out of that bunch played in the in the uh, Peach Bowl, so they've they've, they've met some some situations. Mm-hmm. You also get uh, Greg Ward back, uh, who now is 
a lot more mature in what he does out on the field, how he runs the team. He's taking more, getting, taking more of a leadership role. Uh, he was pretty much, you know, soft, not so much soft spoken, but when his his attributes were more so game day than it were the week coming up in practice. He's now taking a um, I guess a gung ho type attitude, both on and off in the classroom, getting things done, practice, doing the early morning uh, workouts with uh, Coach McKnight, and once again, Yancey McKnight. Yes, sir. <laughs> Coach Herman says, "Gotta love that guy. Gotta love that Where was that he? Where did, where did he come from previously? At Iowa State, and before that, uh, Rice. Uh, before that, Rice. Uh, Rice. What Rice? Really? Hey, like I told you, y'all don't laugh at them no more. You used I to. I don't laugh at them. Well, I always laugh at them because I'm I'm a U of H alum and, and they're Rice. But, but, uh, but, but, but you know, anyway, but I have much respect for them. I, 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 I love Rice. Everybody knows them. Uh, a lot of but, friends at Rice. Before Yancey got there, let's be honest now. He's made a big difference. He made a difference on them guys. And all I can go by is what the kids tell me, and they swear by the man. Oh, yeah. They swear by the guy. And, and some alums, U of H alums, uh, love Coach McKnight too. They would. You know, Take out a message board over the last few days. They were just raving about Coach the impact Herman he's had on the squad. Says I got the guy to get me where I need to go. And if there's a question, and he says there's a question, then I'm going with that. You know, if you're not ready, and he says you're not ready, son. This week you sit, because Coach Herman is a practice kind of guy. He's not a you know game time is game time. But he's a practice kind of guy. Wildcat. Doc. Yes. I'm going to go backwards since I was backwards. We had more videos and audio so far in this podcast, but that may be the way to go. But you touched on this, and we touched on it a couple of times about um, Fox and ESPN not being happy with the Big 12 money grab. Oh, no. But here we go. This is just uh, posted on, um, I guess it's a Sports Illustrated college segment of SI.com, CampusRush.com by uh, Pete Thamel, mm-hmm. and he has, he touched on a few things here about uh, the AAC and and uh, Commissioner Michael Resco. I'm going to read you a few paragraphs from this. I think you all will find this interesting. As usual, when realignment talk heats up, the conversation at AAC, AC, as he wrote it here, we know it's just the yeah, yeah. media days revolved around television <laughs> contracts. <laughs> Most of the quiet conversations at the clam bake. How was it, by the way? Did you go to clam bake? I went to the clam bake, and you know what? I didn't make the. It's, and I'm. I have an issue with some of my my compadres. When there's a Q and A, and you got a question, and you know you need to ask the question, not to kind of like move the situation along. Even if you have an agenda, ask your question. But I get at lunch. The discussion was, why weren't there a whole lot of questions asked about the expansion and the TV contracts? Now, you had an opportunity. <laughs> I, I'm like this. If you got an opportunity to open up, now, if you don't want to ask that question in public, that's on you. But if you want to get an, an answer on record. That's a you problem. That's it. That is. Certainly, you problem. Because Especially when it opens up the That's the whole point of media, media days, I thought. Yeah. But, okay, back to the article. Go ahead. Uh, a clam back in the back hallways of the uh-huh. hotel centered around the fascinating square out between the Big 12 and its television partners. 
After all, a majority of the major realignment moves the past two decades have been motivated by potential cable dollars. The Big 12 expanding is viewed. The Big 12 expanding is viewed by ESPN and Fox executives as essentially exploiting a loophole as the pro rider clauses that will pay out an average of nearly $25 million per year were not installed to entice new members. They were put in place as teams were changing leagues to avoid arbitration when determining the value of incoming and outgoing schools. With no candidates to add that are considered no-brainers, the television executives aren't excited about spending, spending a large combined amount annually, nearly $100 million on average, for schools that don't offer a whole lot of value. The league consider that the AAC's entire seven-year deal with ESPN is for $126 million. The league has a secondary contract with CBS. So if the Big 12 does go ahead and add two or four teams, it could jeopardize future relationships with ESPN and Fox. Other than the obvious question of which teams will be added, here's what prompted the most chatter at AAC Media Days. Does the Big 12 risk irking its TV partners? That would imply perhaps that the cable paradigm will be so different in 2024-25 when the league's contracts end that it will need options outside of traditional cable. Basically, an argument can be made that Big 12 expansion is simply a way for the league to cash out before it undergoes wholesale change in the middle of the next decade. Facing life without linchpin programs Oklahoma and Texas is becoming an increasingly real part of the conversation for the future of the Big 12. You said that right here. Yep. But in college athletics, predicting what will happen eight years from now is tricky. Consider that if someone told you eight years ago that the NFL game would be broadcast on Twitter in 2016, you'd have wondered if we had slipped something into their lobster bisque. (laughs) So here's, here's, here's the interesting stuff. It's becoming increasingly clear that the Big 12's long-term plans are predicated on cashing in from alternative broadcast sources, which could include Google, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, or some broadcast medium that's yet to have been invented. In a fitting twist, the appetite of those non-traditional broadcasters will best be gauged by none other than the AAC. The AAC's television deals expire in 2019, which means that it will get a chance to be a guinea pig for bringing so-called new media to the table. Anyone with eyes can tell that the big internet companies, I wouldn't even call them new media, they're not anymore, are going to be bigger players. That's from Commissioner Oresco. Uh, There's sorry. no question yeah. TV is TV and media is media. You can watch a game on a pie plate. End quote. Oresco said that the league is in talks with Amazon to broadcast some of its women's basketball and non-revenue sports as soon as this year. Amazon has more than 50 million subscribers to its Prime Video service. While nothing is finalized, that offers a small window into a new world. Now, that was talked about at the spring meetings, and it was it was it wasn't table, but it wasn't brushed off either because everybody's you know you, you is understanding that the internet is what they call second tier now uh, because the the TV, the networks. That that's for, that's tier one. That I mean that this is a big and bold, and that they gonna stand there. 
but the the second tier is the internet. And if you can find uh, figure that out as soon as possible, your dreams will come very quickly because your brand will be out there so far and wide it will be unreal. You'll be pretty much as a conference leading the pack. You won't be st- folks will be standing behind you at, at that point because you and I both know how quickly the NC2A changed their attitude toward internet information in less than. Well, there was a time that blogging bloggers blogging was frowned upon at, at NCA events. And Couldn't I was, do it. I, I right. witnessed. I witnessed folks get uh, at the especially on the, uh, getting the uh, put out of the college, uh, yep. college series uh, uh, getting put out of the press box. Yeah. You know, so if if you can if someone can can put that together. And, and make that work and make that but not so much make it pay but make it work and get you some subscribers so I'm going to throw out two different devil's advocate scenarios okay uh, here's a quote from your man Mr. Oresco yes sir I positioned this conference for, for let me just back up the ACC that's the Atlantic Coast Conference yep their deal with ESPN expires in 2036 the, SC, the SEC deal with ESPN ends in 2034 Oresco points out there is a limited amount of content becoming available and college commissioners are breaking on new players being at the table. Quote, I positioned this conference for being a player in that. We could be one of the only premier conferences that have the kind of product we have that will be attracted to the Googles, to the Amazon, to the Facebooks, to the Twitters. End quote. Now, so here my devil, devil, devil's advocate scenarios. It's money grab. The Big 12 expanded to 14. Pure money grab. Ain't no doubt about it. Whatever. <laughs> no question. We, a lot of folks believe that Big 12 is going to fold. Is the most unsta- unstable. Yeah. They, 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 be gone within nine years. It's certainly but, the most But if, if you're a U of H, Memphis, UConn, Cincinnati, why not get that money right now? Who cares if he is paying Fox Balkan? Pay me now because it's in the contract. The contract, the contract. Pay me now, whatever you want to renegotiate from twenty-five million down to twelve and a half. It's still more. We're getting the, a- the AAC. So that's that's one scenario right there. If they somehow, I think these TV folks are just back and back saying throwing it out there just to get the Big Twelve to give them a little pause and maybe come back to the table to re- renegotiate. That's what I think is going on right now. I agree. But if not, and the Big Twelve freaks out. U of A stays in the, the AAC, in the American, excuse me, in the American. Mm-hmm. Three years from now, U of A continues to kick butt, dominates the American, winning the Power Six Bowl yeah. every year from here from now to for the next three years. At, at least one more time. Becomes, hell, an elite program on the college level. 2019, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, whoever says, Oresco, Commissioner Oresco, we want U of H. That's that's the it school right now. So let's make this work. We got you know, the Amazon at 50 million subscribers. How can we make this work to make you happy, make us happy? <laughs> now, how about that? Because and we've all seen what Netflix has been able to do since they've come on on the on the scene. They've done a lot of things. Original content, which is the hardest thing to do on any level, and make it work. Yeah, 
they figured it out. I don't know who, because somebody is not being seen and putting that all together. All we're seeing is just the end product and the folks that are in charge. Am, am I wrong? Some, some of the award-winning programs are on Netflix. Yeah, courtesy of Netflix. So it's most, not a question. You know, they're a very talented organization. They have the leadership that has the vision and that sees where the industry is going. And in a lot of ways, um, they are purveyors of what the industry will go to. They're setting that standard in various ways. But to come back to your point in terms of the question you have, I think it's without question that Netflix, Yahoo, and some of those players out there. Uh-huh. YouTube. YouTube. And I'm still waiting on them. They, they are moving kind of slow now. I expected them to move a lot quicker along than they well, are. I think, I think they're moving um, in in a space where they're trying to figure out what is the cost associated what they want to do. I think all those players that we just talked about, We'll get into the industry. The they, question is, is what is the dollar amount associated with what they want to do? You saw this play out with the NFL. Yeah, they okay, had yeah, a game play yeah. there. So the next people are just the next ones down. The question becomes how much content you want to put out there. Where do you want to start? Where does the dollar figure start at? And as Chris is alluding to, who will be the players? Where is the content? Uh, he's talking about the fact that much of this content with the SEC, ACC that we know now is tied up. We understand what's finna come out of the Big Ten. It's tied up, essentially, Fox. And we already know what's done with the uh, Pac-12. <laughs> we see what the Big 12 is doing with the money grab. Uh, the interest may not be there uh, in terms of what they're doing. You have to remember, as you alluded to, the two biggest programs have their own television deals. And for them, they're working out really well, which is Oklahoma and, as everybody knows, it's Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, for financially, for them, people may question in terms of how broad the reach is of what they're showing, and is the financial, is the money financial working out for the, the organizations that paid it out, i.e., ESPN with the Longhorn Network. So I think he makes an excellent point, and we should not overlook it uh, that that's the scenarios playing out, and it's a way that programs such as U of H, if somehow the Big 12 doesn't come correctly and doesn't select U of H, uh, which has the opportunity because of the momentum they have going forward, is that they still should find a way to be a benefactor of finding uh, financial wealth and growth above what they have now. Mm -hmm. The question becomes is how big is that gap? What is the deal going to look like with Netflix? Are you talking about an increase of just a couple of million dollars in terms of your coffee? Are you talking about where you ultimately you're talking about five to eight, maybe even $10 million in addition to what you're going now, where you're to some degree maybe doubling your budget, not what you would get in the Big 12, but still significantly more that you would have. And that's not in the case we know when we talked about Big 12. There's a couple of things that plays out. As we're talking with ESPN and Fox, if they come back to the table and said, all right, we're going to negotiate this down to get the expansion, and the fact that whoever comes into the Big 12 will not get the full allotment right away. Obviously, again, it will be more than what they're getting in American. But when you start looking at those two pictures, I think uh, it plays well for U of H on both sides. Not ultimately maybe what they want, but they are in the best position if we look at that scenario in terms of a institution, not only a conference, as you talked about, outside mm-hmm. of the Power Five. So, so my question for the two of you, 
what if it's a risk for U of H? What if the negotiations with ESPN and Fox cause the Big 12 break down? That's the worst case scenario. Well, not say worst case, but break down and Big 12 says, no, we're not going to expand. Okay. So if that happens, U of H has to wait. But if they wait, Something else could happen. And then and that, that, and that, and that something else could happen. That's, that, that is your worst nightmare. But no, no, I'm going with. I'm thinking positive well, in this sense. Yeah, he's still they about wait. the Netflix that you still get the financial. You trust benefit. Commissioner Resco. The question that comes again, is, okay. I'm asking now. on the table is: go, go is the payout that you're going to get from the Big Twelve? You you not necessarily want okay. like the fact that where you are in the big picture, me, this, this, not having an automatic bid to the power, uh, the tournament. Let me let me add, let me add something to that. Because this came up during the, uh, after it was all over with. A couple of us were still sitting around, kind of like loading, you know, uh, finishing up on some work, and all and everybody was gone, and we kind of like just broke out in a conversation. Looking at Mike, he's done a hell of a job with a lot less to work with. Literally. True. He's boxed in in a, in a market on that East Coast that surrounds him with Big Ten, ACC, and somewhat the and S- the professional and and and, 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 the, and the NFL. Yeah, the professional. And he has no way of getting out of that. Even well, on, on, on baseball and the NBA. It, yeah, because you're coming all sports. True. Focus on football, but uh, and if he gets this right, or at least gets it close and gets it headed in the right direction. Going back back, to, uh, back where I started earlier, uh, early on when we talked about, he been a yeah, great I think understanding. He's going to be one of the uh, he, lead be, candidates for new jobs no, out there, and, especially and I, if you talk about if Bowlesby doesn't get it right. Right, and, uh, and who's I, the next guy up? But, and because it's been him, but I, I think it's important that I don't want to go too far into that and not, and lose the followers no. in terms of this discussion in regards. You know where are we going with this television, so people can get uh, moving forward. You know what's on the table, and I, I you know, I don't want to lose the focus in regards to these new platforms of media, and what are the financial numbers we're going to see? And I'm really curious to see what those numbers are. Uh, just putting it out there, you talking about five million type of deal, and when I say five million, oh, yeah. I'm saying per school. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ten million per school because when, five million others, when television up the front, you talking about twenty million. Uh, but but if, if, if but if you get twenty now, at least twenty twenty five. If you get tw- yeah. if you get twenty now, and you put yourself in position down the road, let's say five years, uh, as a conference, and these, the second tier uh, media. Uh, Starts to come along. Yeah, I wouldn't and, even call them second tier, but I understand. It's, it's, it's the only reason I say that. That's is because, a new tier. Yeah, it's and it's a new frontier, literally, That's because, I said, because it's still evolving every day. Uh, right, but it's, it's, it's where the market is going. going. It's, it's what out of quit. I just got a study that I was reading from Purdue. They looked at it and they're looking at millennials and what they also call Generation um, Z, I believe it is. Yes, in uh, in. Most of their content they watch is over the phone, phone. yeah, over these iPads, you know, tablets, tablets, whatever, and watches. So that's where it's going, and that's these individuals that are watching it now. They're not going to gravitate back to the television. Oh no, they may watch it in some form, and but the way they capture their content is going to be there. Now, so. 
people see the direction. Again, the question I think that is really about this is we know this coming. We know this is coming, I should say. The question becomes, what is the value of this? That's where you want this discussion needs to be because ultimately we know expansion and what allows institutions to survive particularly when they don't have to play players. That's another discussion, but I always like to put that out there, is the fact what type of monetary value is going to be associated with this new media, as you talked about, the new frontier. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a risk for the schools because, as the article touches on, 2019 is when the AAC TV deal expires and they can go to these new frontiers to, ne- to negotiate a deal. So... You know that's six years before the Big Twelve implodes. In a lot so, of ways, in a lot of ways, it also is at least a way for them to have a bargaining chip in regards to trying to play this new sure. media, new frontier mm-hmm. against the more traditional media. And it's also a unique way to find out. Okay, you leverage similar what you've seen come out of the. Uh, I mean, out of the Pac Twelve where you may give some of your rights to this group, to your traditional group, and leverage and give them other rights, uh, second-tier rights, if you want to call it, uh, to this new media marketplace. So that's where it's interesting that you really want to dig in to Resco in terms of what is he, what does he see? What is his vision? What is his conversation uh, so far, he has to have some idea. Obviously, he's going to keep it close to the vest because he needs one. to negotiate it. But as individuals that are trying to provide information to our listeners, I think it's incredible for us to take the next step and provide a vision to a, to our listeners. Where is the world going so they understand? Which is one thing that I've tried to tell people that got all excited about the cord-cutting measures. There's two ideas. Is Yes, they were cutting the cords. But if you're not careful, you just say, well, they're losing. Well, the question really needs to be asked as well is just how far or how much money were they making? If you're making six, seven times the profit of what you were doing, to get cut back and only make three or four is not a real loss. It's, <clears throat> you're not gaining what you had, but you're not really losing much. And some people are falling apart. Plus... There is a reason why ESPN has pushed so much of their content, has negotiated a lot more of their content, even with HBCUs in terms of niche marketing, because they understood, as we just talked about, this new marketplace. And so they're pushing towards that, too. And they are the leaders in that. And they don't want to lose space to Netflix, YouTube. Yahoo as well. It's so they're money. pushing the envelope too. So it's new money. Because part of the ACC ESPN TV deal, this coming season, Absolutely. a lot of the games will be on ESPN3, the ACC network kind of thing. is going to be on ESPN Digital. A lot more games until the basically the, the landline stuff is done, I think, in 2019, right? Correct. So you'll have two-plus years of a- ACC games on the ESPN Digital. And trust me, they're going to be watching and seeing oh, no those doubt. numbers are. And if those numbers are indicators that they can keep some of that content or they can go grab some other folks, just as the American will be negotiating with Netflix, they'll be happy to negotiate with ESPN, even if it's on ESPN 3. 
what their ultimately decision will be is what are the numbers. We'll deal with the rest. But we need to know what are those numbers. Because it'll cost less to produce those games. It may cost less for your talent. Hell, we've seen games in town with no on-court sideline talent. Just Because they broadcast back from the studio. Just production people. Connecticut, Charlotte, whoever. And And if you you come to a subscription base and you get a niche where HBCUs got a niche and you know Celebration Bowl is going to generate X number of ratings and get those folks to spend $10 that's per. per. Right. That's, and, and that's, that's easy that's money right there. And you had did that but just push the button. That's all. That's, that's it. That's so all you, you get, did was You reach that niche. You touch that niche. So that's where commissioner rest. That's where it's a risk for the current schools in the, in the American. Three years from now, it's not a long time. But they're making this money grab, and it's $25 million is more than the possible $5 million from Netflix or YouTube or, or Google, Facebook, whatever. But in 2025, when the Big 12 implodes and you don't have a, a better option than what you had in 2019, you may be making less money than if you would have gone with YouTube, Google, Facebook, and Amazon in 2019. Mm. That's a great point. So, it's it's this article about Pete Thamel is, is an eye opener because we'll see how things go. I mean, there's a we touched on. We've already made it clear that we believe U of H best fit is in the Pac-12. But if the Pac-12 does not invite you, yeah. You better make a decision. You, that's it. You, 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 you better make a decision. You go to Big 12 for and nine years. Write it out. For the money grab. Yeah, I think uh, in this case, because it's most recognizable and it's opportunity, and you don't know what other parts of the landscape change, I think uh, it's a relatively easy decision. For you of age, I think, going to Big 12. But, but for everybody it's else. It's interesting for the discussion to see that it is something that you should think about. Without it, you know, and – even uh, U of H has a a digital platform, you know, and most schools do in some capacity. Yeah, even uh-huh. the SWAT conference. But, exactly, but you, you, you need your alums. If, if your alums start supporting that digital platform and subscribe to it, whatever, $5, $10, whatever it is, there's another source of revenue for your school, you know, that you don't have Correct. To, to rely on externally. Hold that thought. But get back, get back to it. That was something I found out in all three of these conferences, conference media days. All of these schools are not equipped to that level yet. Oh, I talked to a couple of commissioners. Well, know, I mean, even one, if you think about and, it, and part the SEC, was, before they did the network, one of the things that they had to roll out is to make sure all the institutions had the network. So but, if the SEC, with the money they were bringing in, if not every school was ready, we talked about even University of Texas when they were building out the Longhorn network that they had to deposit that money. We talked about one of the issues they have in the Pac-12 is the institutions had to get up to speed. One of the reasons it's taken so long for uh, ESPN to do the deal with ACC is many of the institutions have to get up to speed. What I think is intriguing when we go back is on the academic side. How is this going to change the landscape for academics in regards to creating new programs, uh, 
creating opportunities for students that enter into these programs to be even more prepared? And where does it leave other institutions that are not? I've, when I, when I, I got that piece of information, when you're sitting at the table and all, I, kind of, I, I actually did. I kind of threw my hand up and said, hold up. What do you mean that all of your institutions are not prepared digitally to move forward? Whether academically or athletically, to to, to expand and doc, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I'm gonna be honest with you because I guess I was expecting more out of institutions that's packing in the money that they're packing in. Nobody's hoarding anything, right? But you got to remember they were they were they were negotiating all this out. They had they didn't have to do anything internal. They were selling it to ESPN, and ESPN, but well, Fox had the responsibility. They didn't have to do anything internal, internally. But so even with the programs but, that ha- many but, programs don't have academic uh, schools of communications, and the one that had it, um, they had the old forms of school of communications. And trust me, equipment that you need to do uh, digital a, network yeah, oh yeah. at the level you need to train somebody at is very expensive. Very expensive. We're not talking about what you would do. Um, in regards to creating your, your own where you can get started relatively inexpensive. You can't train students that are paying um, uh, money uh, on that type of level of equipment and inspect for them to come to you, your school versus somebody else. So you have, to make, you have to decide to make the investment. And I think that's a difficult sale when you're talking about the bureaucracy of academic units and trying to get board of regents uh, to support those areas without the, you easily being able to show them what's the return on the content. And you have to also remember that every school in SEC didn't have that academic program. They may have had journalism, but they could have had journalism could have been pure uh, in terms of uh, more from a written format versus the new media they were talking about. So when they were talking about building it out, they were not just talking about building out a infrastructure um, facility. They were also talking about building out in terms of bringing faculty in to teach it, manage it, uh, hiring folks from those frameworks. So uh, I think it's it's bigger than what you really would think in coming in and saying, hey, you all not doing this already? No. Doc, question for you. TSU, Texas Southern, not Tennessee State. Texas Southern has a YouTube athletic channel, right? Yes. Is there is there is it subscription based? No. Uh, most of uh, the the major problem you have with is is to try to get the numbers for folks, and the easiest way to do this is open it up for free. Sure. So even like SWAT right now, mm-hmm. it, it's free. What they try to do usually is have a form where you input your information. So they want to get all this information so they can find out content. Some people sell that information sure. uh, to, to organizations. And two, it's trying to get enough data. And that's why I'm saying part of the question you have with Netflix and YouTube is they're still trying to understand. They know it's new, but they're still really trying to understand their numbers in regards to um, not only what they have, but how do you monetize all this. Of course. Which, which is the transition. Is is one thing talking about having all these people that have this interest, but the other question is, is who will pay for it? And, and that's that's one of the things that we... a whole different question. We and other podcasters deal with ourselves. You know, because at some point we'd like to be 
popular enough and have a large enough fan base Absolutely. that we could mon- you know monetize th- this mm-hmm. podcast no you know just just call yeah, it, be, let's be real yeah, right the the so so on why you that's the only reason you do it so so those options are out there um this is this has turned into a lively discussion and in, in more interesting discussion about uh, the new frontier hey because i'm we talking feel about safe football. in saying that uh <laughs> some some folks won't discuss this that is true you but know, uh, but so most folks don't get in it, into it because they don't want to they kind of like well is it, is it, what is the topic of the day and let's roll with that Sometimes and, and in a lot of ways, and, and that's, that's it's a difficult easy. discussion if you don't take the time to really do your homework and understanding the landscape more than what you're I agree. traditionally I agree. Uh, able to do. So uh, I think it's fascinating to look at that. The Olympics are about to start in Rio. It seems like something bad is reported from Rio. Robberies. Athlete dorms are shoddy. Yeah, in some ways, I think it's, uh, it's becoming frustrating to continue to see this. And I wonder how much of this is just the new frame of media of really just finding new ways to create content. We've seen this to some degree with the Winter Olympics uh, with, with Russia. Uh, previously, how much conversation, and this is coming like the double down. I thought Solo, not that I'm the biggest uh, Solo fan out there, but I thought she made a good point that she thought some of the negative reporting is just not only obviously a large of it with America where she's from, but outside of that is the fact that people have sensationalized this so they can uh, grab the interest. And I, I think it's sad in a way. But the reason I make that, I would love to see a comparison uh, for what took place in previous Olympics compared to now. Is it actually more or is it the fact that it's just reported more? Uh, uh, from a broader perspective in terms of what's taking place. And on, on the short-term answer, the short answer, I think it's what's available now to, re- to that's out there reporting. Uh, it's, folks just have more access to... Yeah, more the, information, the, 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 and you have more channels, so it forces, to some degree, people to go after the low-hanging fruit because they're trying to com- be trying to compete. Uh, with those eyes and maintaining them on your site. And oftentimes, the train wreck is what sells. Sure. Uh, we see this going on in politics in a lot of ways. If it bleeds, it leads. Which, which it creates, you know, some ugly discourse. But I, I, I want to get back to, to the sporting part of this. Um, and I can understand there's still some other discussion that needs to pl- take place there. Uh, but obviously, the women got off. USA women soccer got off to a great start. As uh, that's right, they had, first, they, they had their first game. Does they what she does. She scored on a header to start out the U.S. Olympics, and they U.S. women team won uh, two two and zero uh, against, against New, New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah, uh, two nil as they like to say. Yes, on the, the pitch. Games, on the pitch. So I thought that was very interesting and uh, to start things off. Um, the U.S. team. I, the one. Thing I'm uh, I'm gonna be checking out with them this this uh, this Olympics is the new the, the rookies. You know how they're adjusting and all, and how the team is adjusting with uh, with a new captain. Uh, one bad not being there, uh, and and this is the first time that they stepped out on the pitch without her. Uh, Carly is 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 wearing a patch and the, and the sleeve, 
So leadership is, is, is yeah, lead. and they're gonna have some. Oh yeah, steep competition. Oh, Don't yeah. forget that one of the tougher women's teams is Brazil. Oh yes, yeah. And um, they're at home, so you know, they, yeah. they, they started off it, it well can, can, in terms of getting the victory it, early. It, it, so that could be a clash of the titans in terms of that. And when you're talking about a pro, oh, not, how to play in front of that, particular that, uh, what happened to the men yeah, yeah. in the World Cup recently. So they're gonna be hungry to try to find a way to get another star. See, this is why I love these podcasts. The transition we just had right there epitomizes <laughs> what we do on these podcasts. That is outstanding. Props uh, to both of y'all. And who are you, sir? How can uh, folks find you, you know, on the internet? I'm the guy you said the show was going to rest on, on Doc and myself's shoulders yeah. today. You know, that's because you basically didn't have, you had buckets and all that contribute. But you did okay. You did okay. I, I always do. I, I always, mean, make, you know, always make a way. It's, 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 That's right. It's, it's unusual, but you, you, you did all right. Away. I always make a way. Uh, I am the Fifth Ward Wildcat. You can find me at uh, Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck, at Jake L. Woodley 1, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., uh, SoundCloud, Blogger, YouTube, and AKSV, the CSR. The College Sports Report. Uh, also, I'm gonna add this, and then I think I think I'll be done as for on my report now from the from the American. This year, they have two African American black co- coaches. Uh, one uh, institution East in Carolina, football. In football, followed one uh, uh, a former Ruffin McNeil was is followed by Scotty Montgomery. That is a first for me that I, in a conference that I've covered that in a institution of higher learning on the FBS level hired two black coaches back to back. And the other coach uh, that's been there, uh, been to school a while is Willie Taggart at uh, South Florida. Uh, he's looking to turn the bulls around this year. But as they say, U of H still looms large in everybody's headlights. And it's going to be a hard road to tear just because the experience at the quarterback position and the defense will get better this year. I'm not going to be arrogant, uh, overconfident. Because, really? You know, anything happens. E- even Gil Brandt said that first game at the, at the block is going to be somebody to be watching. But, you know, to, coin, to paraphrase from the Larry Bird, the great Larry Bird at the three point contest, which one are going to finish second? That's a good question. That's 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 what, a good question. That's Quarterbacks what it's going to come back to. doesn't have a quarterback anymore. Who's going to finish second U of H? That's what I hope. Oh, as of August first, less than two thousand tickets remain for the U of H Oklahoma game on September third. I applied for my credentials today, so, so I'm waiting to hear back. Less than two thousand out of uh, I think seventy five thousand capacity in the stadium. So that's. I'm not worried. Outstanding. I'm not worried. That's now, always the second. How can mark. folks find you, sir? Yes, you can find me on the social media platforms of Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Dr. Kenyatta Caville. That's D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. Again, that's D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. Again, you can hit me on those about the cap if you want to see that. You can y'all better y'all talk that talk that talk. <laughs> You can also find me live if you want to on KKBQ 92.9 uh, FM HD2. 
If you can't catch it live, catch it on the podcast. Go to SoundCloud or Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Again, that's Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab uh, to hear, see our, or hear our weekly show if you can't catch it live every Tuesday from 6 to 7. Right there again on KKBQ 92.9 FM HD2 in the old historic KCOH studio. Uh, you can click on www.kcohradio.com to see the streaming. Watch us in the studio to do our show. A uh, couple of platforms you can go in the tuning app, just type in KCOH to listen on the go. And again, if you just can't figure out to have the time to check us out, check us, listen to us on your own volition when you have time on the podcast at Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. So, various mediums that will get you out there. You can go to Facebook and watch a video feed streaming us uh, at Dr. Cavill's. Inside HBCU Sports Lab on uh, Facebook, as if you would. A couple other things before I move forward, telling you uh, I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, Texas Southern University Associate Professor of Sport Management here. Moving forward, uh, as we will start our Master's Sports Studies in Sports Leadership. Uh, coming up this spring, so we're really excited about taking this program to the next level as we currently offer a BS in sport management at the undergraduate level. Another thing that I was thinking about the Olympics, and this is kind of moving forward, but I think the discussion that we had in the other area is intriguing here that uh, the IOC Olympics have approved five new sports. some of them are the younger sports that you talk about, skateboarding and surfing, youth-oriented to try to get them, them involved in the Olympics. So it makes sense from that standpoint. Some people were talking about the interest wasn't quite as much in this. So this is another way to get that interest uh, with those uh, young individuals. The other one, karate and sports climbing, probably off the grid for a lot of people, but moving forward. But the big one is baseball and softball that had a 12-year absence. They're back in the business. I think the question that is really intriguing about having baseball and softball back is the fact for baseball that uh, while you see the NBA as well as the National Hockey League are sending their professional players over, the concern you have with Major League Baseball is the fact that you're talking about in-season. Similar to what you see with MLS as they move forward. MLS in terms of soccer it's not as um, in ordinary for you to stop the season and get that done as you see. True, true. Uh, the International soccer really has it down in terms of the various games that they play and move transitionally smoothly from franchises, uh, professional teams, up to the different country Olympics or World Cup are really good. Some people may say too good in terms of the financial mess that those um, – Organizations have gotten themselves in terms of the bidding requirement. But that's a whole nother discussion. Uh, IOC is in negotiation with Major League Baseball to see if they can get the professional players to play in that game. I think that's going to be a very intriguing, you know, obviously Major League Baseball started the World Baseball Classic in a lot of ways. It's done great things that they want to do. You know, where are they in terms of the platform moving forward is another discussion that you want to keep your eyes on if you're just a huge sports fan of trying to see the landscape of how um, these owners, these commissioners negotiate uh, in regards to the popularity of what they want to do to sports. That's why I think in a lot of ways 
uh, particular Chris and yourself are huge fans of basketball. But right now, I think, um, and we've had this date before, uh, debate before, but really the NBA has really a nice thing going on right now in terms of the globalization of sports. And much like soccer, uh, the NBA is really finding the niche to be able to make sure that they uh, show their sports, globalize their sports in various different ways, participating in the Olympics, uh, as you see here in baseball. Is still trying to find that, that, that way to get it done. And I think if they're not careful, uh, as many people have concerned, that those millennials and Generation Z, are they going to have the same level of passion in terms of falling baseball as you see with old-timers and the way they love the game? Um, and how is that going to reflect on ratings uh, as things move forward? I think it's an intriguing question to kind of keep your eyes on what takes place here to see Will the IOC and Major League Baseball be able to come together and figure this out in terms of what's best for both organizations and the game as we would have it in terms of moving things forward and making sure the popularity? For example, Japan, where baseball is huge, as we know, That's they've the already d- decided the that they're going to partner and they're going to send their professional players uh, to the Olympics. So that's one organization that sees the value uh, much less like Major League Baseball. Doc, while we are there on this uh, with the uh, IOC and the Olympics itself, was the right decision made going moving forward with Russia? Just taking the individuals instead of the whole team as far as the no, I think that was. A, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, one of those people to say what is right and wrong. Well, well, but I will that, answer your approach, question the, the, from the, 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 from. Approach, uh, I think the, it's a. I think it's a very important question you're asking. So don't, don't get me wrong with that. But I think this was a money grab. Let's let's be straightforward with this. This was a very concerted decision. Decision where you're saying, all right, how do we balance this off? We know we need to punish them. Uh, and I would have suggest, uh, and I will tell you this, that I think they were so egregious that you should have banned uh, the, the entire uh, country in terms of the Olympics. You know, unfortunately for those that didn't do anything, they would have to be punished with the rest. Um, but I'm not sure that you could do that with all the financial money that's involved and the eyeballs in Russia. So you try to find this happy medium where you suggest, all right, we are going to punish those individuals and particular sports, but now we're not going to um, punish the entire uh, country in regards to all their athletes. And so I think that's what they had. Um, I was surprised to some degree that they didn't because it was so egregious. Uh, But the more that I thought about it, I thought that, uh, yeah, this is – more of what you see with the IOC ultimately, which makes sense, is that financially uh, it was just too much on the table for them to make that decision and say, shut it down. I'm going to wind it down here. Uh, a few weeks ago, we didn't touch on this, but uh, a few weeks ago, Twitter and the NBA announced that they have reached a deal to broadcast exclusive live programming of NBA games on Twitter. There you go. So uh, the partnership will allow the NBA to deliver a free live stream of a new weekly pregame show. And uh, the NBA will also announce a second show exclusive to Twitter before the 2016-2017 season begins. So that's another example yeah, and I think of that, the new that frontier. Yeah, and I huge with the numbers. And when you look at the demographics of what is making up the NBA 
and the individuals that follow the NBA. I think that is a really a perfect match between the two. And it'll be interesting again to follow to see if the trend lines that we believe that are going on will continue to exist in the direction that we say they are. Well, thank you, fellas. This was an excellent podcast. My fault for not having my recorder on with we did the, Don't sweat the that, video. Man. But I think we made this work. Don't sweat so, that. We, we, did, we got more likes on the the two videos <laughs> interest that we've had in a while so it's like a little tease we had a little video we had a, we had a comment from uh, a coach oh who, really somebody who, was actually who recognized the location of where we filmed our podcast yeah. she commented on the uh, she did she commented on that so <laughs> she, yes she, so she's actually she, she's actually attention. paying like attention it. so she, yes so uh, she had time to sell down yeah I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like going there <laughs> I ain't gonna hey. call you out but I'm, but I'm kind of like going there because I did things differently Part, one podcast one video was on the Houston Rombard View Facebook page another video was on the KG Brittle Wildcat page so we got new likes on both pages so mission accomplished there so hey. well done oh I don't know what to wrap it up with Wildcat and I will be in Indianapolis yeah. at this time oh, yeah. next week so we're two weeks out away from our, another, uh, our next podcast possibly we may work something out we gotta figure that out how to do things on on, on the know, fly but on I the mean, fly but, on but, remotes but, and stuff like that we gotta right. figure that out boom we've talked about that we need to make that happen uh, but yeah, next week we'll be in Indy at NCAA headquarters for Trying the to figure some things out. Mock selection, women's basketball. Ask them questions. Oh yes. Ask them. We questions. had a, a conference call Ask Tuesday. Them man. Uh, Ask Tuesday, them everybody participated in that uh, via the phones. It was pretty good. It was no questions were asked in yesterday's conference call. So I, 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 I didn't have anything I, I, asked because I've been in them. You know, four times. But, but, so, no, but I'm, I'm reading out, reading out, well, I'm kind of curious to want to ask because the, the, uh, both of us have our – we're part of groups, and we each have our primary and secondary conference assignments to have some information to, to be prepared for the mock selection next Thursday. Um, but in the list of the people – or the participants is on my Women's Who's blog. You can go to HoustonRonBarView.com. A lot of folks, though. See, that's 44 people are going to participate. Some from uh, from media, some by coaches, uh, some are directors of basketball operations, you know, et cetera. So it's a, a diverse group of folks who are going. Anybody to else from learn. the area? Would no, you, did you? I didn't see anybody else. You and I are carrying uh, the, carrying the state by ourselves. Yes, again. I believe so yes, sir. <laughs> so I'm laughing. So but you can see, <laughs> and we'll, I'm kind of interested when to go. see how much they'll allow <laughs> us to to use social media from our equipment right. to uh, showcase during the uh, mock selections and maybe exclusive NCA property or may or they allow us to do certain things within reason. So check us out uh, and working for find again for Twitter especially because we're going to ha- yeah, they will allow us to tweet during yeah. the mock, oh, selection, yeah. like, that uh, mock you, selection. J. L. Woodley 1 Jerry L. Woodley Jr. So Thursday Twitter. August 11th uh, the mock selection begin I think 8 o'clock uh, Central Time. I'm not even sure, but we'll be there. Yeah. Follow follow both of us on Twitter. I'm at VHR Review on Twitter. HoustonRonBarView.com. HoustonRonBarView on YouTube. HoustonRonBarView on Instagram. We're going to see some folks you haven't seen since Final Four. Yeah. Uh, some colleagues as well. So it'd be good to spend time with them and share their thoughts and insights on women's college basketball. The season is not that far away. The U of H women's team will be in Costa Rica. 
and I think 12 days they're headed there for a, a, a trip, learning and growing, you know, bonding, team bonding and as HBU well. And HBU is in Australia now. So it's, it's outstanding. And thank you for that, Wildcat. One hey, shout out. Hey, because hit me if I did. Uh, the HBU women's team, props to Coach Finney and the coaching staff and the players. They finished with the fifth highest team GPA in the country wow. this past season with overall team GPA of 3.612. She said that, that, that's a key to them succeeding because they got to know that if you can get things done, I don't know, in the classroom, you can get things done on, on the floor and vice versa. You can make that work. And remember that you could get that piece of paper. A lot of doors open for you. And I'll read this quote from Coach Finney. We're then wrapped up with this. Quote, our staff is delighted these girls are getting recognition for the discipline in the classroom. They take pride in being students first and foremost. It is tough for our players balancing a heavy academic schedule with a demanding athletic one. These girls are showing they can produce year after year. And that's a credit to them, our incredible professors and our academic advisors here at HBU. End quote. So, to wrap it up, our podcasts are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Pod Directory. Thank you very much for your time, your knowledge, and insight. We'll work something next week. We'll figure something out, see if we can do that, because we're getting close to college football season. So, our schedule is going to change. We're going to evolve as we get throughout the year now with, mm-hmm. with college football, football, and the NBA starting up. So, just st- stay tuned. Keep following us on the, the uh, Facebook page of KG, Biffle Wildcat, and Doc on Facebook. Follow each of us on Twitter. Share your thoughts. Thank you for your likes and your comments this e- during this evening's podcast. Going to wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more. <laughs>